Oh, I said it must be podcasting, bro. The pump coming in the the pump coming in the the pump. The pump coming in the the pump coming in the the pump. So I'm trying to go home. So I'm trying to stay alive. Oh, bitches on my dick, bitch. Jordy caveman, bitches. Oh, bitches on my dick, bitch. Jordy caveman. Oh. How are you for time? I've just I've just found a uh, an Instagram handle called Portland Carton Park, and now I'm shitting myself that I'm on there. It's like Portland pictures Carton of people. <laughs> yeah. Like ah oh, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you you're pushing the the gas gun guzzler, right? Yeah. And uh, it's actually the diff- easiest car I've ever had to park. It's got those. The beeper things, it's so ridiculous. Oh, yeah? Like, in par- I can basically park in a spot that's exactly the same size as the car. It's fine. Anyway. I've tried to get in touch with Adam because he's just done a uh, mental skills seminar today. Right. He just did one in uh, in Newcastle. Went up there for it. Might, so, might he dial in. It'd be good, but yeah. he's not answering. Uh. <clears throat> I found anyway. I had technical difficulties again. I don't know how many times we're going to have that to try and set up everything so it works properly. Yeah. It's a nightmare. I write it down as well. Like, I write down all the settings. I come back to it. I do exactly what I've written down, and it still doesn't work. It's weird. Yeah. The, the problem Wait, starts, so starts with me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme ownership, eh? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't tweeted Jocko with any like uh, heartfelt emotion since, since you called me out on it. You, you, put, you, right. you put me on blast. Are you, am I jumping in and out of Wi-Fi? I'm going to go downstairs because uh, I don't think you can hear everything I'm saying. Okay, well, <clears throat> while you're doing I'm what? spitting straight fire up here and you're just ignoring it. <laughs> while while you're doing that, I'll I'll formally introduce uh, the podcast. Go on then. So um, yes, this is the bi-monthly. Can you be more enthusiastic though? You are. I I can't. I'm, my energy levels are low. I just <laughs> I just come back from jujitsu. Have you? Listen, bro. We're not running a talk radio show, right? Just the truth. <laughs> we get into um, the, we get into the heart of the problem. You're going to need to bring the energy. I know that. I know that's. Right. A, I know that's a tough ask, but you're going to have to bring the energy I've got a, today. I've got uh, a liter. No, thirty-two fluid ounces. I work in liters nowadays. <laughs> I work in ounces. Sorry, well, thirty-two fluid ounces of chameleon cold brew mock coffee concentrated <laughs> next to me. That sounds like Which straight, it, that, that sounds like a straight cup of IBS. It's ridiculous. It's like the strongest coffee you've ever had ever. More caffeine per ounce than regular coffee. Three, t- uh, doesn't say how many times more, but it com- It has like a measure with it that says like four ounce blocks at a time. Right. I'm just sipping it. Does Does it send a shiver down your tummy? That's when I know I'm in trouble. It kickstarts my day. <laughs> could, I actually could, had a mocha this morning as well. It was not a good idea. Can you so make my... Can you make it to work on time? With this, I can do anything. I'm like uh, I'm like him out of. Uh, have you seen uh, the Bradley Cooper film Limitless? Yes. Or, or have you read the book version? Anyway, <laughs> they've, ju- they've just they've just done a. Uh, 
I can actually for once say that I read the book, watched the film, and now I'm watching the TV series. I think I remember this landmark moment because I remember you were tr trying to read the book before the uh, the film came out, right? If I remember correctly. No, it's, it, the, the, it just caught me by surprise. Like, I read the book and then when I saw the trailer, it's De Niro and, and uh, Bradley Cooper. When I saw the trailer, I was like, hang on, that's the book I read? Because you, you, you recognize the story. I didn't know that it, it, they're not called the same thing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they've now done a TV series called Limitless as well on uh, on Netflix. Yeah, which is crap, but it's the i the idea is uh, really really simply like he takes a drug that makes him like this like intelligence and work his work uh, output is insane. Yeah, uh, that's me on Chameleon Cold Brew Coffee. That's a new. That sounds like a nootropic. You know, that's exactly what it is. It's a nootropic. Yeah, it's like a nootropic. He talks about. He says this is a nootropic, but it's like unlike anything you've ever seen before. Okay, and it's yeah. That's but you, you should watch. The, you should watch the film. The book was the book was okay, but yeah. the the film's good. Uh, is Chameleon Coffee got anything extra in it, or is it just straight like power? No, power it's just straight power. It's it, it's uh, just sits in the fridge, and you, you you just have a sip of it, and it kind of feel like you've just had a coffee. Um, hand selected beans from Central and South America, Taylor roasted that. Then brewed low and slow over sixteen hour over sixteen hours in clean, cold hill country water to create a smooth, low acid coffee with a touch of unsweetened chocolate. So there's it, it's this is the mocha flavored one, but there's it's zero calories. Okay. And it is fire. Starbucks has started doing cold brew. Yeah, it's just cold coffee, right? There's no there's nothing else. No, it's not. It, they they like they just drip cold water through coffee instead of using hot water. They drip it drip cold water through for a long, long, long time. Yeah. So it's like super, super concentrated. Ah, okay. So if you are taking coffee to the next level, can you tell I've had a lot of coffee? <laughs> I'm trying to work out what cold brew is because I see lots of like Instagram pictures of the bottles, and it, it looks to me it looks attractive. It looks like a whole, a whole world of like craft beer lovers but drinking coffee. Um, yeah, it's just it's just an, an, another product that the coffee industry's pumped out. Yeah, which has got even more caffeine in. So they're just kind of like light Red Bull went from standard Red Bull to low low carb Red Bull, and then now they have that like super concentrated like shot of Red Bull. Mm -hmm. Same idea. Another they've carved out another consumer product. Uh, but I'm I, in. I'm in. I'm I'm into Trappist beers. You are. Yeah, I'm into the Belgian Trappist beers that are brewed in the monasteries. Of course, you can drive there. It's like it's like half an hour from where you live. Yeah, and you can you can buy crates direct from the monk man. That's it. Yeah, but uh, in, I, in fact, actually, there's like the guy over here who's uh, he, he yeah, I met him the first time I ever came to Portland when I was living in London at the time. I met a guy who uh, he's like a remarkable character. I think you'd like him. He's mm. uh, He's a warehouse manager. He's a warehouse manager, right? So paint a picture of what you think of a warehouse manager. So he's basically like he's works in warehouses and uh, kind of like looks like he works in a warehouse. But you get chatting to him. He uh, he's he's into his beers, which is fine. You'd kind of like you'd associate the two. But he's a, he, he like he likes to cycle a lot. And like his his uh, Instagram handle is Tango Biker. He doesn't think anything at all to start with, but he's. <laughs> Turns out this guy, so he like cycles across the, the Pacific Northwest, going to like different coffee houses and sampling beers and things. He's also a warehouse manager at the same time. But he's uh, he's a 
in the North Pacific Northwest, he's like the Argentinian tango dance instructor to the to the masses. Like he's like the expert in the area, and people like fly from all over the country to get Argentinian tango lessons for him. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's a Renaissance man. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. He's class. And I, I've when it, so I've, first time I met him there, I, I was like, oh, okay, so he's on Instagram. I followed him then. And then, like four years later, I end up actually living and working nearby him. And every time I see him, like, he, like we kind of like follow each other's Instagrams, even though we're completely like different personalities. It's like, yeah, it's just interesting to see where he's at. He does uh, like, uh, he does like, uh, what, what's it called? Cyclocross. Yeah. Cyclocross is like mountain biking with, it's like cross country mountain biking. Although mountain biking is cross country. Yeah, they have, they have like obstacles where you have to like pick your bike up and run with it for a second, or like throw it over a fence and jump over the fence. Okay, you know what I mean, Mark? He's a legend. You need me? You should meet him. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a technical timeout for now because uh, right. you're I can hear you clipping. So what I want to do is I want to stop the recording and check what's going on. All right. If I leave it go, um, I know certain people are going to be. Uh, complaining and what's happened? <laughs> Give me a second. Right. You, you could stay right. there. We can. We can. We can. We're back in. We can run what you like. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm low energy because uh, I've just come back from open mat jujitsu. Um, yeah. Just got destroyed by a guy who's it's a second class, which is always great for the self esteem. Which also might be why I'm feeling quite low. Uh, just literally destroyed. Shit. I had to. I had to hold on for dear life as he proceeded to work himself around me like a well-trained tango dancer, you might say. So is it, how did he, how has he gone to that? Bro, like... I thought I, it was like, I thought there was like no way I'd possibly beat you. <laughs> he, came in, he came in, right, and he looked like an athlete to start with. His, okay. glute, his glutes, like the, the, glute, glutes. the glute lift the man had went up to the back of his neck. Yeah, like he was walking in like a sentinel. And then so I, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when the Iranian Hulk comes in? Absolutely, he destroys you, bro. I didn't say he beat me. I said oh. he smashed me. Oh. See, because uh, I, I I couldn't control him smashing me. That was on him. But uh, I I survived, and then I, I I went back to technique, which I have to do. But uh, no, I like six. Six rounds, six minutes, different person every round, and then struggle on the drive home to not like pass out or vomit on myself. Um, but it, it brought up an interesting question. I was thinking because uh, this week I've re- recently gone merch mad, one might say. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> like in more than one way. So, you know, I've gone all in. And I was. So you get, you, how, how many geese do you get for $200? One. Oh, God. Oh, it's terrible. I can't even justify it. I've got nothing to say. Well, you spend a lot of time in it, I suppose. Yeah. And it should last a while, right? Yeah. I've How long does a geek last? Lifetime, isn't it? Until I get black belt. Life, lifetime until you decide you want a different color or a different design. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got two already. So there's no actual, like, need for a third. Um, is, there, is there room for innovation in the gee world? Could it could it be, uh, <laughs> or or is it like geese have to be a certain size and shape or design? Yeah, they're they're pretty limited in what they can do. Um, but I've gone straight to the ninjas on this one. I've gone to the, shall we say, 
the the Nike of the gi world. Um, okay. Or, I think no, 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 no. What are they called again? Uh, show your roll. Maybe, show your rolls. Yeah, maybe I've gone to the I've gone to the supreme of the gi world, which makes me feel even worse because it means I'm bought into the hype, and I'm not one to usually buy into the hype. Um, we got fifty eight thousand followers to show your rolls. Yeah, but they they sell out in ten minutes. They have one gi per customer or household. It's all the same setup that you know big big uh, companies use to to launch their products like Jordans and Supreme and stuff. And I literally got the email saying going on sale now. And I I just went straight autopilot merch mad. Clicked, boom, 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 done. Oh, and then I was then I sat with the remorse for the rest of the Friday. Then. So um, you did you did you wear it already? No, no, no. It's uh, it's being shipped. I think it comes over from the States. But anyway, it, 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 the, like, whatever that is, is just me being irrational and just buying one off, off the cuff. Fine. I can, I can deal with that. But it, it, it did bring up an interesting question for me internally today at Jiu-Jitsu or after, after class. Like, <clears throat> when is the moment when you can go from, like, starting a hobby or a new thing to then literally buying the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the threshold? Is uh, there one? Because if I go and, if I go and see a live band, right, I've never heard of. Um, like I went to see, I can't even remember their fucking name. I, I went to see a band ages ago with a mate. He said, "Oh, come, I got a spare ticket." Went. I was like, "Oh, I enjoyed that." And then they're selling merch, and you know me, I'm a merch man. But I was like, "No, no, I ain't buying a t-shirt. That's ridiculous." Yeah, but wait there. So, hang on. This, so, there's. <laughs> let's lay this out, okay? Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. Pr- there's prerequisites that, like, so for example, they say you need to have a gi, right? Right. Check. So buying, we're not talking about prerequisite equipment that you actually have to have. That's fine. I think mm-hmm. in that case, but I suppose within you don't necessarily buy the show your old gi for your first session. You buy like the TK Max. Yeah, I, I bought that's... I bought the one they sell at the club, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, right. That's that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah, but I think if you've been doing something for, although actually it's difficult because let's say you've been doing it for like ten years, yeah, and then you still hadn't bought like your first like solid merch. You you're the kind of person that would probably respect that and think, yeah, that's awesome. That guy's never stepped up and bought any like <laughs> solid merch. Yeah. <laughs> but I think most reasonable pe- that's kind of the exception I think most reasonable people I think you're looking at about uh, six months ah okay six months okay because <clears throat> this this let me paint the picture for you right so obviously I started jujitsu about 14 months ago yeah. uh, and then very quickly I'm then drawn into like ah oh, I wonder what type of t-shirts that world has and then I buy one, then I buy two, then I buy three, got three t-shirts within a couple of months. Right? Yeah. And then I feel this like... This is the difference between... This... Yeah. Go on, go on. I was going to say this is the difference between your... So are you asking whether it's okay to express your uh, yourself as a jiu-jitsu consumer by buying a jiu-jitsu styled t-shirt? Yeah. Or are you asking about equipment necessities? Well, no, because I think. Let's I think buying to... jiu-jitsu merch so you can identify as a jiu-jitsu, just jiu-jitsu consumer <laughs> within, within the first six months is... It's terrible. 
is a little, is, yeah, it's a little taboo, yeah. But I think, I think equipment's fine. Cause like, you, that's okay, that's sensible, and that might make a difference. You know but what? Actually, I, like, wear, buy the T-shirt, wear the T-shirt within, like, six months is a little bit... A bit over the top, OTT. Could be. But, you, you know, and this, this added extra pressure within those first couple of months, because obviously I had no, like, I still don't really know what I'm doing. But in the first six months, I definitely didn't know what I was doing. But I was walking around in a T-shirt that indicated that I might know what I was doing. So any, if anything had kicked off, like maybe there'd have been extra expectation that, oh, that guy in the jujitsu T-shirt will sort it out or he'll be able to handle himself. But, <laughs> so you're not, you're not worried about the people, people uh, thinking any worse of you. It's just that you might be expected to actually sort some sort of physical <laughs> violence out. Right, yeah. If there's yeah. any conversations you have to fit, you, you'd be, you, people would expect, like if you were the doctor in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, shit, Sean's going to have to sort this fight out. Somebody's <laughs> choking. Is anybody, does, is anyone a doctor? Oh, there's a fight break now. Does anyone do jujitsu? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Sean. He'll sort it out. And that's when you'd, that's when the incident set in. You'd be in serious panic. Oh, man. I, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I'm glad we cleared that up because uh, I think but, but, but it, in real life it's been called out. So did you hear about the guy in Rio? That you, <laughs> bro, I, I saw your I saw your tweet and I saw I saw your tagline on it. I was like, I ain't biting on that. We'll save that for the I podcast. Just, it's, funny. it's just it's just funny. I know it's just funny. I know it's perfectly reasonable for a guy not to use his jujitsu against someone with a gun. Yeah, I get that, but it's just funny that the jujitsu experts, the guy that gets mugged. And gets the whole point of the jujitsu is supposed to be like self defense, and he gets mugged. He was the one. Everybody in the office was like the one guy. It's like the the one sport that you think, okay, he'll be all right. He'll be able to handle himself. He's the one that gets mugged and taken to the cash machines in Rio. Mm-hmm. You're not biting. No, I'm not biting. <clears throat> I, right. I refuse to bite because I don't know the full context of the story. I didn't see it play out. I'm not going to comment. Anyway, it's funny. Um, but I definitely, think, I definitely think that's the case of swimmer's body right there. Yeah. Um, anybody doesn't know swimmer's body, but swimmer's body is you need to. Uh, what was the book from book again? Uh, that. Uh, what's his name? Isn't it? There was like fifty logical yeah. fallacies or something. Or the Italian lad, isn't it? Bellelli. Bellelli. Was it Bellelli? No, I want Bellelli. It was someone else. I can't remember. Um, anyway, so that was one. That was one question that you know came up this week. Because uh, today I felt like a certain amount of pressure. Because I was, I'm obviously, well, I'm still wearing um, one of the T-shirts that I bought within the first couple of months. And on top of that, I was rocking the Datsusara backpack. And I thought, yeah, I maybe just got... What's that? I, What's... That's a, it's the hemp backpack. You've got a hemp backpack. <laughs> How do you spell Datsusara? D-A-T-S-U-S-A-R-A. It's a, it's a Japanese word for um, one of those... Heel hook. When, <laughs> when a career man leaves the corporate life to chase his dreams. It's very romantic. Um, <laughs> Is that what it means? Yeah. Let, like, yeah. I, I've got no defense. And I, 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 felt, I felt certain eyes on me today as I walked out of the class. And, I, and the question just sort of like reverberated in my head. I thought, oh, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm going in a bit too far for someone who's over thirty. Maybe I should well, just maybe I should just relax a bit. Look, if so, there's two ways to think about it. You could either just think YOLO, fuck it, I don't care, or mm-hmm. 
you need to realize that probably you think it's a little bit inappropriate. It might be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, like the feeling of it's too good to be true, it probably is. Bro, and it's I, a little bit like that. Bro, you know, do you remember? Which, do you I'm remember? looking at their website now. Which bag did you pick up? Uh, the battle pack. Six dollar nasty bags, okay. The backpack mini, just big enough for one gee and a couple of bottles of water and my notepads, my moleskin. Nice. Bro, I, w- I went on a trip to Cheryl's parents. Cheryl. Look, yep. government names. Anyway, scrap that. The good, the good, the lady's parents for the weekend. I yep. took, I took, I packed the Datsusara. I was surprised at how much I could put in there. Yeah. But um, I put like three notebooks in there and five books. Right. I was only there for twenty four hours. I didn't read any of them. But it was good. I, I was, I was happy in the knowledge that I had books in my bag if I wanted to get them. Yeah, it's nice to know that you could go. It's like when you people that uh, have a Ferrari that drives, however, hundred mile an hour. Yeah, they like to know that they can go that fast, even though they only can only go seventy on the motorway. That's you. <laughs> a good analogy. It's, like, it's nice. It's nice to know you've got the capacity. Should you ever need to pack any more? But but I I pack I pack like five books every time I go to the house, and I never read any of them when I'm outside. Weird, right? Yeah. Um, just in case I need to. To like have a coffee in Starbucks and I can break one out. <laughs> um, in Starbucks. So that yeah, that was that. So yeah, I th- I think it's interesting. I think there's like there's a there's a six month window where it becomes like you you need to have been going like there's also you need to have been going regularly in those six months. Mm-hmm. Like I think like one class a week minimum. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could go once and then come back six months later and be like, yeah, okay, I've been here six months now. There's definitely like a cumulative number of hours that need to be put in before it's okay. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it's down to you, it's down to you Sean. It depends, how you, it depends how you feel. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Here's, got, another question. Here's another random question for you that came up this week. It was uh, on. the boy Snape is doing his uh, podcast now, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, he, um, I think he was looking for questions for like his blog or for his podcast. But one, I said, <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I was like, which which athlete would you like to run? Or should be? Would you pick as prime minister for the UK? Okay, if you could pick any athletes. Did he answer? Did he answer it on the podcast? No, he, I think I think he's gonna try and do it. But I, I was like, I, I was asking the question because I want to, I want to have the discussion. <laughs> That's of course, right. of course you do. So yeah. all, right, all right, so uh, prime minister so it's the UK, right? Well, so, so where I got so there's a there's a guy over here who's like a uh, blogger, podcast. I think he was a, t- a sports journalist. A guy called Bill Simmons who does this thing on HBO over here now, which it was just pretty good. And I, I'm using it to like get up to speed on like US sports, right? Yeah. Uh, and he he did a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell, oh, the guy who does the airport books, right? Yeah. And he, he did he did also the, like the live TV version as well, and that's that's on HBO, so it's, that's pretty good, worth a watch. But Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell and 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 him are talking about which I think they get onto like which because uh, of the way that Trump now is basically running for president, and it's a popularity contest, and like he has no experience, but he's actually managing to like do well. He's got so far, and he's one step away from becoming prime minister just purely on his. Uh, on his popularity and the same, which, which person in the U S culture right now could, could run against him and beat him. Yeah. And they said the rock. Yeah. Cause he's got, 
Right? Literally millions and millions of people follow him and love him and would just vote for him just because there's no other option. Mm-hmm. So that could genuinely happen. I was thinking, okay, what would be the UK's, would the UK's rock, equivalent? Would The Rock be a, a Republican or a Democrat, though? I don't know how it works. So I'm, I'm out of depth. Oh, yeah. I think The Rock is... I don't know. He's, he's a... What, what is the people's champ, isn't he? Yeah, he could start his own party, The Rock's party. Yeah. Imagine that, right? At his inauguration speech, or whatever you call it, he he dropped that story about having $7 in his pocket. Oh, yep. bro. Yeah. The, the, emo- the emotionals that would follow. <laughs> it starts by going, finally. <laughs> the first Samoan <laughs> president. That'd be class. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be absolutely class. He could do it. Like I was, so I when he was, I was sitting there listening to the podcast, and I was going, "Will Smith, Will Smith." You know, you just like wanted to chime in at the conversation. Yeah, it's like Will Smith would blow the rock out of the water. He's he's your candidate ahead of ahead of the rock because I don't think rock, the rock's got the mentals to be able to like go and have the. Nice. I might be doing him. I might be doing him a disservice, but I don't think he's going to get up and argue right. he's policy. Them, he's on them Russian vitamins, isn't he? Yeah. But Will Smith, I think, could. I think he could do it. And I think he did even say at one point that he wanted to do it. Yeah? Yeah. I think he said something like, you know that interview where he talks about how his grandmother used to say, you can always do more, you can do more, you can do more. It's like where he talks about belief and... Yeah. Because he's, like, really into all that stuff. Like, one of the... One, he said, like, his grandmother wanted him to become prim, the first black president or something like that, or he talked about it. This is pre-Obama. Yeah. Um, Post, post-Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was but right. He, he was right in the wave when he like. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, he he'd be he'd be my guy for the U.S. But I was like, this is after after I'd heard that sniper dropped that question. I was like, well, who would be the U.K.'s guy? But it, don't you think it's mad that you're saying he'd be my guy for the U.S. and that's straight on his personality? Like you don't know. What, yeah, why not? Why you, not though? That's no, no, no. Happened. I get no. I get it. I get it. But uh, you don't know what his policy on you know, income tax would be, or uh, migration, no, but or... We don't know what Trump's policy is. And he's, no, no, no. he's literally one step away. Yeah, yeah, no, fully, fully. And uh, that's what I mean. It's mad that now it's... it's literally... Yeah, it is. It's, to- it's a joke. But, the, but the... I'd, I'd, it could just be the way that it ends up... It's, you know, it could be the, the, the way of the future. Yeah. I guess the so, one. I guess the one thing that you can fall back on is the fact that um, of the the notion, and I don't think this is the right podcast to discuss politics. But um, <laughs> the uh, the notion that uh, they're just puppets anyway, so it doesn't matter who really gets gets there; they're still going to be controlled by the same bunch of you know suits who controlled Obama, who controlled Bush, who will control whoever comes next. They don't change. Right. Dan Carlin always yeah. says that he goes, "Look, like the establishment that sits behind the president." Never changes. Right. Um, all that is is a figurehead. So I guess if you're looking at like a, a personality, then yeah, it's a personality contest. Let's get the best one in. Yeah, and it's 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 that that's always been like the criticism of Obama's that he his actual policy hasn't changed that much. It's just the way that he tells it, and like the the he's such a good presenter, and it's like he comes across as such a good person that people like buy into it, regardless of what he's actually. Nah, bro. I don't, buy, I don't buy his snake oil. He's a lizard. You don't. He's a lizard, isn't he? I, I do. 
even even his, even his appearance on the the Mark Maron podcast to me is just I don't know I just I, I don't Contrived. see it, yeah I don't see any of it as genuine I might like don't get me wrong I'm probably not a great judge of character but something weird just I, I just can't get it but anyway whatever well, I, like I said he's almost done anyway so yeah uh, he's, so he's going to do so, speeches so, right who would be your uh... Who would be your so if you had to pick a British? Uh, I'm also putting the, the caveat in that this needs to be a British, of course, uh, prime minister. Like, like, is the you have to be a US born citizen to be the prime minister to be the president? Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting question. So, the US, in, so, in, so it needs to be somebody that is uh, famous enough to have the clout to like or currently have the social media presence. But at the same time, have like the gravitas to actually be PM. Yeah, um, that's an interesting. So David question. David Beckham couldn't do it. Right? No, no. So David Beckham has the social media, but doesn't have. The, so I'm trying to find the person as both. I I I'm struggling to think of anybody that stands out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like a week. Like, I think in the US, you've got a bunch of like personalities that you could pick from because they are personalities. Yeah. In the UK, the personalities are usually dickheads. Like, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking football instantly because they're, yeah. the, they're probably the biggest out of the lot. But I just, no one springs to mind. No. I, like, I, it's I, like it's it's like maybe well these are these guys I can think of like actors maybe but they're not well I said athletes but yeah you could think of maybe some actors that could do it or yeah tough question tough yeah, question I want to I want to see if Snape comes up with anything see where he goes with that yeah see where he goes and we'll work off the back I'd like of to it. see Cl- I'd like to see if Clive Woodward be uh, PM yeah. He's systematic, right? Yeah. He's deliberate. Yeah. That might work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you another one who's another person that's impressed me in the last couple of weeks. If you haven't if you haven't seen it yet, go, uh you need check out Stan Effordings. He's he calls himself the the rhino or something. He's a bodybuilder powerlifter. Yeah. Ch- check out his rants on YouTube. Like Forget about the content, okay? It just—it doesn't matter what he's saying or what he's talking about. You have to go and watch it for his actual, for his presentation skills. Are they on point? Are they? It's un, I actually cannot get my head round how he manages to do it. So he will—he—he—he's <laughs> driving the car for to start with, right? So he's got his—he must have his phone on his dashboard in like some sort of holder, and he's filming himself as he drives. And he does minimum 10-minute rants without, on whatever the topic is, he, he doesn't break, he doesn't say um or and or uh or pause. It's like one solid cut of, like, fire content the whole way through, delivered perfectly. And I'm watching it going, how is he doing this? Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, it's, it's almost like he's memorized the content beforehand. Dude's There's in the no zone. Notes. Yeah. It's it, like he must n- understand the content so well that he's just, just. It's like he's speaking. It, it, you have to watch it just for that. Try well, it out. I, uh, I, I will. I'll take a look out of pure interest. Um, but I know he. I know he was a salesman, right? He made his. He made like a bunch of money by 
um, being in retail, like high-end retail. So Stan Efferding? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, apparently. I, I think I hear him on the same guy. Yeah, yeah, the Mark Bell podcast. He was on there. He was talking about how he's like financially secure or some shit. Oh, uh, uh, that's right. Like yeah. he's got multiplexes and all that type of crap. So <clears throat> I dare say he's got some oratorical skills from being in real estate. But you might be right, actually. Um, so that I, yeah, I'll look at that because I'm intrigued that people that can smash that shit because that's something that I want to be able to do, but like. It's just, well, for, for starters, I think Americans are a bet, better at it, full stop, right? I, I, I'll, I'll, I, we can go into that, but I, I just think Americans yeah. have a head start on most of us. I don't know why. Well, so so I, I've had people say to me here that, like a, guy, a colleague said, I could never present like that to me. And I was like, why is that? And he said, because you have the accent. And I was like, what? Because yeah. he says your presentation just sounds more interesting because you sound different. Wow. Because everybody speaks, everybody over here has got the American accent. And they, yeah. they, they said, like, that just makes you stand out and look different. I was like, okay, that's cool. But I think that's what you're experiencing with him. He just Probably. sounds yeah, 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 legit. Anyway, so Stan Efferding, the white rhino, he calls himself. He's, but he's from Portland, Oregon. Ah, that's, wicked. That's how, I think that's how I'd manage to, like, yeah. Track him down. So on that note, uh, here's one back at you. Uh, yeah. and I think you know where I'm going. I am not your guru. Uh, Tony Robbins documentary on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. My man, right? Like, regardless of what you think of him, and to be honest, like, he's pretty authentic. He, for a self-help guy, he isn't. He, he's right. He isn't a guru. He's just dropping truth bombs. Like, he's just telling people to be authentic and truthful and do it now, which is basic stuff to me. Um. But you talk about a man, right? He, <clears throat> I think once a year he does a camp, which is, this is what this documentary is about. And it's the first time that they've allowed cameras like outside of Tony Robbins, Inc. come in and, and document what's going on. And every year he does a camp for six days in a hotel with like, I don't know, 2,000 people. And every one of those um, individuals pays $7,000 or some shit to attend. Mm. So he, basically, he's, he's balling. He's balling like uncontrollably. Um, and he's been doing that for a long time as well. Uh, like 30 years or some shit, he said. Yeah. Um, but he speaks, I don't think, I don't think he speaks continually because they break off and do work groups and all that and all that. But the days are 12 hour days. Um, and it's just him. So he's up on stage, like literally delivering. And, and this is a conversation I had. We were watching it and I was like, has he memorized that? Has, you know, has he done it so many times that now he's just like working with material that he, he knows inside out so he can flip it and switch it? He probably is to a certain extent, right? But the real gold is when he does like what he calls interventions. And of course, you know, everybody there is fucked. Like you ain't paying $7,000 to go and see a self-help guy if unless you need, need some serious shit sorting, I think, right? <laughs> Like if it's a, if it's under a hundred dollars and he's in Amsterdam, I'll go. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I need some serious shit sort in, and I want to see it. So are you are you saying it's for the content or for the? You just want to see how he presents it. Both. I want to see. I want to see the I spectacle. That, against the whole self help. I am bro, but it, I, I'm just open to sources of new inspiration. Mm. But he, 
Talk about That's delivering true. content and being on point and not missing a beat, right? First of all, he does that. Like, um, like you watch him and you think, oh my God, like he's, he's basically enchanted me now. I'm, I'm with him. But then he'll do an intervention with a random person in the crowd who's, you know, I don't know, grew up in a, the, the most horrendous environment you could ever imagine and is fucked and is like literally suicidal. So then like those 2,000 eyes or 4,000 eyes now are on him as he hears this story and they're looking at him with like expectation. Like you need to, you need to sort this out now. Mm. Whether, that's, whether that's the right thought or not, but I think they're looking at him like that. And he's able to like dissect what they've said and then regurgitate it back to them with like a, either advice or a plan or an action or something. Just like boom, nonstop, without missing a beat, without thinking, just fascinating. Like, because I was like, oh, you know, exactly. I was against it. I was like, oh, he's a self-help guy. I'm not really interested. You yeah. can't help but like him. Like, I'm gonna I, watch it. I dare you to watch it and think, I don't like this guy. It's impossible. One hundred percent. I'm in. But the, there's amazing little clips of him at home, like uh, meditating and do all, I won't spoil it, but he's doing all weird shit. And uh, as a documentary, it's class. So I, I recommend it. Awesome. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I am not your guru. A good recommendation. Because he was on the Tim Ferriss like my- podcast, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. Maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh man! I uh, did, did you uh? <laughs> oh, the other the only recommendation I have is that Malcolm Gladwell podcast. So there's Bill Simmons does that podcast with Gladwell, right? Well, Mal- Malcolm Gladwell, the airport guru, has just done his started doing his own podcasts. Yes, I saw. Are they so are they worth like, checking? Yeah, he said like the, I watched the one. I listened to the one on um the uh, the NBA. So he's like, he looks. He, he's kind of like a economist i guess or social economist probably the best way to put it he put like so he like looks at the so so statistically you're much better taking a free throw in basketball double double underhand like sort of what they call a granny shot yeah so like just like kind of lobbing it in under like like a kid would like milk cricket yes like that so but they but they say uh that no one, no one in the NBA has ever like done it except for one guy, and this one guy was like the most successful free throw shooter. And they're saying, why, why is it not acceptable to do that? Like the aim is just to get the ball in the net, and nobody's. So he's looking at it like statistically and saying, like the, these, the best. So Will Chamberlain like shot one season like that, and it was his best season ever for free throws. And then the next se- next season, he just decided not to anymore, um, because for whatever reason, it just seems socially unacceptable. It's not against the rules or anything. It's just nobody does it. Right. Um, and they asked, like, Sh- Shaq, like, why he'd never do it. And he says, yeah, it's just, it's not cool. And it's, that just seems, like, so silly in a game where, it, like, it actually really matters. And it can actually devalue your potential as a player if you're no good at free throw shooting. And he talks about all this, and he explains why. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. That's a good one to go. I haven't, I haven't listened to any of his other ones yet, but he's got about eight out so far. That was the first one that looked like interesting content, but I'm going to have to go in and get the others. Um, when I'm glad. Po- podcast bubble, like, is it still growing? Is it reached its, like, you know, point of now diminishing returns? Because 
to me, it seems nah. like new people are adding podcasts all the time. Like Joel Snape's been talking about it for ages, and I was thinking, oh, class, he's, he's finally put a podcast out. But to me, it's like, where are we in podcast land? Are we, are we still at the, the beginnings of it all? I'm working out what it's about. Not, I'm not talking about us, but I'm just talking about in general. Most um, people don't, don't currently listen. To the, the, I think the... Uh, that's mad to me. The people still don't really know what podcasts are as well. I, th- I think... Like, now that I've... So, I'm using, like, Apple... I'll watch Apple... Through the Apple TV thing that's connected to my TV. I'll just... I can just be in the house and then go to my podcast and see what's, like, new on the feed and just listen to one and play it through, like, radio. Yeah. So, it's kind of like... To me, it, like, it's replaced, like, talk radio. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's essentially what it is. But it, the difference is, rather than just having to choose tune into a channel and then just like hear whatever's there, you get to choose the content. Okay, so you can curate you I mean? it a bit better. Yeah, yeah. There's, un, there's, a, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's, un, it's now it's unlimited content uh, theoretically of radio right now because there's more content coming out than you can actually keep up with. Yeah. So you can be pretty specific and listen to what you really want to, or uh, because of the way that like iTunes ranks podcasts on uh, what's being listened to or what's popular. You can pick stuff that's going to be kind of like the cream rises to the top. So I think there's still a lot more. Do you, have, gonna... do you pay attention to the charts then? I'm, I'm intrigued now on like people's different approach to new podcasts. Because what made you start listening to, I don't know, the Gladwell one? Was that because you knew him and you were interested to see what he was doing? Or did, is it because like, oh, um, he's on uh, the chart and I want to know. It was, it was um, uh I saw so watching watching HBO. I saw the advert for Bill Simmons, the TV show. Yeah, watched the TV show and saw that he was with Malcolm Gladwell. Right, and, and tried to find, realized that Bill Simmons was a talk show host, and thought I bet he has a podcast. Found that, and then saw that the full length interview uh. with Malcolm Gladwell was on there, and then Malcolm Gladwell talked about his podcast, which is called Revisionist History. Right. Uh, so I was like, that sounds good. I'm going to try that and jump to it, and it it is, but. So revisionist history is more like a uh, like NPR. It's like the serial. It's it's kind of like produced. Yeah. So it's not just a conversation. It'll like cut. But have you ever listened to Freakonomics? Right, Freakonomics podcast. No. That that really is like it's like a show. Right. It's sorry. It's it's produced and it's like a show and it it's just audio only. Yeah. Whereas I'm not mad whereas, at that. I quite like that approach as well. Yeah, it's it's more it's it's more refined. It's a bit yeah. better to listen to. Whereas the Rogan and Bill Simmons and what we do is just two people talking and then they just record it. That's yeah. that's 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 a lot different. I think the um, like NPR is massive over here. You people like people just sit at the desk and listen to like NPR and rather than what what we used to like. I I remember in I guess when I was first started working, people would just have Radio One on. Yeah, and then you get like. You know, a, a, a tune would come on, and you'd have arguments about who was listening, what music was on the radio, and Radio One would always play like a pretty like mainstream or diverse selection of music, and then you get some uh, radio show, show host would like talk a little bit. Then yeah. if you listen to the local radio, you'd get pretty like a different song selection, and you get pr- pretty mundane conversation. Right, and then. And I remember, like people would like listen to different radio stations for different conversations, but you were pretty limited. Now you, it's now it's completely unlimited what you can listen to. Yeah, yeah, true. It, you could be listening to a Dan Carlin show on uh, the Wrath of the Khans in the morning, and then you could be listening to 
Rogan talk about weed and jujitsu. Yeah. Afternoon. Yeah. Sounds like a good Your day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a really good day. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's dead. I think it's just getting started. To be honest. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think, I think the same. Um, I'm just because I don't really have much context. Yeah. I don't, I don't pay attention to like um, charts of podcasts or how many listeners this pod, this podcast has got. Or I know, like the obvious one is Joe Rogan, and I, I think I underestimate the scale to which his has grown to. Like. He, I think he probably reaches, I don't know, two million people. But it, I think it's probably more than that now. Yeah, the number of people that listen to Rogan now is bigger than it's actually. God, can you imagine if Rogan ran for president? He's got too many skeletons, so surely. Yeah, but I think he'd embrace it, and that would work. That would, because then what would the Republican what would they Party do? So, do? so if he completely owns the fact that he has the skeletons, yeah, and then people come at him with like with slander or like dirt on Rogan, he'd be like, yeah, I know I have, and I'm still running. And that would be like, extreme it'd be super ref- yeah, it'd be super refreshing. And then every, you'd kind of people would get behind it. Yeah. They would, this is what they were saying on the podcast. They were saying you only need like 10 million votes. Wow. So that's like, how, that's how many votes you need to actually, and he has like 2 million people tuning in every, every podcast. At least. He, yeah. his, his last podcast, I don't know if you checked it, was uh, he recorded it on his phone in a hotel room on his own. Yeah, I did. I did listen to it, yeah. It was quite interesting because I think that's the first one he's done like that. And, uh, like, he can he can just talk for days. Like, he, yeah. I think I hit the point where he was talking about, uh, like, uh, uh, not artificial intelligence, but, you know, the human race and what's next. And talking about us, like, not being in a physical... Um, being but more of a, a mental space or something and it, it's just like he went on for 30 minutes or something and i was just like in in yeah trance. i did listen to it <laughs> but he, he kept having to like stop and like google things himself yeah yeah, yeah. he couldn't have jamie to pull it up yeah <laughs> why did red why did red band leave i don't know i don't know if he left or whether he was just busy i i don't know i missed all I that. rogan talks down to the new guy a lot jamie. That? Mm. Yeah. Nah, I think I, he, he like he like goes pull this up. He like he like just like demands he does things. Like he's like a bit too. Well, he wasn't like that with Red Band. I wonder dim- whether Red Band diminisher Rogan probably, and he is a boss. <laughs> Maybe he hasn't empowered Jamie to bring stuff up on his own. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um, right. Yeah. No. Uh, so I wanted to talk about I am not your guru. Check. The other big thing that's going on is Pokemon Go. Yeah, totally missed it. Don't I had to like, it hit a point where I was like, okay, I need to go to the app store and look at actually what this thing is. And I still don't know. I'm just choosing not to. Madness. I, I like. I I assume it's madness over in the states. And I think. Well, the, I only I only discovered geocaching like two months ago. Right. I don't even know what so, that means. Exactly. So geocaching is a massive thing, but it's very very geeky and like not mainstream. Right. It's it's like orienteering using your phone. Okay. So you so they um I haven't even used it yet, but I pulled up the geocaching app. Someone said check it out. And then like so they have like orienteering events where the, you use your phone to like get to certain coordinates and then discover things and then so people will like hide physical objects in places in the countryside. And then you have to like use clues or descriptions or use your map using your phone to get to these things. 
take maybe a photo of them or replace it with a different object right. and leave a new clue for the next person. Yeah. So if you're in the US, pull up the geocaching app and look at all the different things you can go and collect around you. It's ridiculous. There's so many. And well, there must be... But hang on huh? now. You're talking like... You ain't talking physical things. You're talking like... Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blend between physical and uh, digital. So the digital, the digital maps will get you to the physical things. So who's leaving physical so, things around? Exactly. Like Google exactly. employees. Who the hell? Yeah. Who the hell is doing it? But in the like, since in the space of the time that I've I've known about geocaching, the two or three different places I've been, I've opened up the geocaching app and gone, "Wow, there's so many. They're everywhere." Yeah. And I, I haven't been to Europe since, but I'd like to know if it was the same in Europe. But it's big in the US, so it's like a bit. It's an actual thing. I'd never heard of it. But Pokemon Go is the mainstream digital only version of that. But they own the they they're owning the uh, the discoveries or the, the the what do you call them the Easter eggs. That that's you you don't get to control where these things are. People are just kind of slaves to the Pokemon game, and you have to follow it around. Right. Geocaching is owned by the user. So the ge- if geocaching, if no one actually used it, there'd be nothing to find. But people have to go out and put them there. So imagine Pokemon Go was the actual user would put down a new Pokemon somewhere. That it, that's not how it works, as far as I, as far as I know. It, it's it's they're created by the Google system and maps, and they say that's a popular place. Let's place a Pokemon there so more people go there, and there's things to discover. Oh dang! A yeah. lot businesses would be all over that, surely. Well, they they did that, yeah. Yeah. They, they uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm regurgitating what Red Band said on the Rogan podcast, but <laughs> okay. apparently, apparently uh, businesses that have Pokemons on site, uh, they're like, char- they, I think they give people discounts or they're charging people to come and use them or something like that. So business, physical businesses are making money out of Pokemon Go now already. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but then I was like thinking, like, okay, so what? Why doesn't like a, a, an app like Nike Running have things that you have to run by to like get to? Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, if you like a local course that people run a lot, there should be things that you can collect on the way, so you know you've done the run. Or although people do know you've done the run, but it's because the idea you could hit a button within the app that says "100 meter sprint, this location, 30 minutes." A few turns up. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got. <laughs> Little challenges and stuff. That would be good. But that's probably why I don't work in development. Well, they they had a... So, Nike Running had a... Like a Pokemon Go-style game when I was living in London. It was um, it was called The Grid. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Or did... nah, bro. So, so, here was the deal. Right? So, they used phone boxes as your little sites. So... Instead of using the power of what we have now in in our hands and the phones, they had they used uh, like physical phone boxes that were out of use. Yeah. So you had to run from phone box to phone box quickly and collect. You type in your code, and then that would upload a uh, like a point system to your um, your web page. So it was a way of proving how far people had run. And this is kind of like pre Nike Plus's like real big boom. Okay, so it's like, it like a weird phone setup that you dial into. Yeah, you'd run from block to block and you'd go, okay, I need to go from this one to that one, and you'd collect phone boxes and type in your code to make ownership of that code. So wow. if someone then went out and ran that block again over you, you'd have to go back out and run there and put your new code in. Right. But 
what was, what was weird is like I was running it like we, so you'd get different points or different badges for doing it at different times of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Running run, running new routes and it was all over London. You have to like try and own your area and then you'd get extra points for running different areas. So it was exactly the same thing as Pokemon Go, but you were using but it was physical. Okay. And it was less it was less uh what's the word? Um uh, yeah, it, it was it was it wasn't as as easy to uh, attain as these things. So Pokemon Go is like kind of the same thing. You walk around, or you might need to run somewhere to get somewhere popular beforehand. This was a physical one, but it never took off because, like, I found myself running around Brixton at, like in the, in the middle of the night trying to like pick up phone boxes. <laughs> I was running through like really dodgy places, like running through like streets that I would never go to by myself late at night just to like pick up points. I was thinking I'm I shouldn't be here by myself. And that was, that was me who's like over six foot and male. And you think, well, there's, not, there's no women running around here at night trying to pick up phone boxes. It's just yeah. silly. But, yeah, maybe you should you, – it's, it's the start of things to come. It's kind of like the first big uh, like digital physical hybrid game that's, that's happened. Bridging. Bridging digital and real life. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. Interesting times. Um, you had a you had a bunch of you stuff. and I are still stuck in. Yeah, no. Well, I was going to say I could kill all that Pokemon Go new new wave digital shit by exclaiming my excitement at seeing the Marcus Aurelius picture in the Italian passport. <laughs> <laughs> Does it say his name, or did you just know that that was him? I I've never seen a picture. I would recognize his face. That's the it's the the classic picture of him on the horse pointing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Um. Bro, got so excited. I was like, how cool is it that Aurelius is all up in an Italian passport? Yeah, well, we've, got, we've got cool people on the British currency. Yeah. I couldn't name them, but we have. Um, Benny, oh, yeah. Benny Franklin's on the one of the dollars, right? Yeah, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm, gonna, I'm looking this up. Well, you, you, know, you know Aurelius has got a special place in my heart. He has, yeah. You do and, like him. And I, and I am looking for a European passport, so might have to learn Italian. <laughs> so who's on? Okay, how is yeah? Darwin's on the ten pound note. Yeah. So he he's a don. Darwin's an absolute don. Darwin's I did. I took. You know, I totally disagree with the Queen being on there. Like, I think the fact that we've got like people who've like earned the right to be on currency. That. I think that's cool, but then the queen just gets to be on there because she was born the queen. Yeah. I, don't, I, just, I disagree with that. Anyway, so we've got Darwin. We've got. Can you name the other ones or not? No, nah, bro. No idea. I think Faraday is on one. Uh, He's on the uh, twenty. Drink fellow. <laughs> yeah. Is there any Welsh? She's on. Probably not. Nah, probably not. Uh. No, I'm Thorsten is a who's a Geordie, I think. Of course he is. He went to Durham as well, didn't he? Of course he did. Yeah, Stevenson's rocket. Yes, Stevenson's on the back of the five pound note. What a legend! And there's a uh, who's who's the lady on the back of the five? <coughs> Elizabeth Fry. I don't know who Elizabeth Fry is. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say the. Uh... The list of topics that you sent me that you wanted to discuss, there were a couple. I'm, I think... I'm, tick, 
I think I'm we ticked them off. Oh, you are ticked. We did. Yeah, we did Stan Efforting. We yeah. did. Uh, I mentioned the Iranian Hulk <laughs> and moved on. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Self Journal. Boom. That's a good one. I've yeah. stopped using it. <laughs> <laughs> really? To be fair, yeah. Well, yeah, I have. Why? I have, but well, because. I, th- I think it was worth using it to like get the get back in the habit of laying out what I was doing each day. Yeah, and then kind of assessing each day whether I was doing it or not. But I don't necessarily need to now fill out that form. It it, it was worth doing it for a week to get back in the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the kind of thing I should be doing. It, it the, in in the beginning it was like I'm going to do it for 13 weeks. And yeah. I'm going to use this and I'm going to stick to it. And after like week one, I was like, okay, I get this now. I don't need to, I'm, I'm pretty much filling my day anyway. I don't need to. Yeah. Uh, but it's worth it. Like, so, this, it, and, and as soon as I mentioned it to Vicky, she was like, well, why don't you just use Outlook to do that? And I was like, well, yeah, I kind of, I've just fallen out of the habit of doing that. Yeah. So what, the idea what, being, I, the idea being that you, you write down every single day how you're going to use each, each half hour of the day, um, which a lot of people do, but if, if you're the kind of person that doesn't do that and just reacts to stuff coming in, then it's a good practice to get into. And then to actually set out the goal, the like big three goals for the day, and then review your progress at the end of the day and at lunchtime and see how you're checking towards it. Yeah. Day, like you've got micro goals and then you've got your long-term like 13-week goal, which you kind of repeat yourself every day with your affirmations. And that's all on one page. Which is downloadable and free. For you. you go to uh, Self Journal and you can go and download the PDF, yeah. or you can buy buy the thirty pound, thirty dollar book if you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, but you did buy it, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course I did. Yes. Is it a thirteen week chunk or is it an entire year? No, it's thirteen week chunk. It got me yeah. for the it got me for the balls, isn't it? But I think it's I think if you have like something you know big coming up, that's a third you know, 13 month period, like some sort of like diet competition mm-hmm. cut or something like that, or I, I, project work. It may, I bought the book and then I sat down to write like my goals for the 13 weeks. And I realized like, I don't really have goals as such anymore. I have more, more like a wish to develop a habit or a system. So like in the, you know, like it's not a goal for me to get up at six thirty in the morning and meditate and drink coffee and then read for 30 minutes. That's more like a habit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, there, there's no like... A behavior, a behavior which you want to keep doing. Exactly. So I think I've ground that into my daily routine. Um, and I did track it because there's an app called uh, Way of Life. And you can write in what you're going after and then track each day. You just literally tick. Yeah. Did I do it today? Tick. Did I do it today? Tick. And then yeah. you can like track a trend over i don't know a couple of weeks and because sometimes you know like <clears throat> if you if you go on the paleo diet or something right and you do it and you're like oh you know i'm not really losing any weight and then you you don't you don't really get a sense of how long you've actually been doing it cleanly for and then if you track yeah. it you'd probably be surprised at how short you'd actually been doing it i get the yeah. same with like uh meditating or waking up early or whatever right i'm like Oh yeah, you know, I've been doing it for ages, and then I check the app, and it's like, nah, I'm on a four-day streak, or you know, a seven-day streak tops or whatever. <clears throat> right. um, so, so my, I realized could... the self journal for me, what it did for me was like when I went through it, because of course I'm into all that process shit. So I, I sat down, went through it. It's like, oh, this is awesome. 
And then when I came to write my like dream goals or whatever for 13 weeks, I was like, I don't actually have any that I can think of other than these little habits that I'm trying to grind in. So I started, right. I started by tracking those and I was like, oh, well, I'm doing it. And then, then what the self journal did do was make me think, oh, fuck it. Maybe I should like go after a bigger goal. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. What it actually led me to do was sign up for a, a competition in September. So it's, I think it's slightly shorter than 13 weeks, but then that's like, okay, oh. that's at the end of the period. I need to, because I've also signed myself in stupidly to the weight category below. So I've actually got to make weight. Yeah. So like, I've never had to do that before. So there's a little culmination of like, okay, to, to, to give myself the best chance, I need to train four times a week. Boom. You know, and then, and then I start breaking it down. Then I need to make weight. So I also need to track what I eat. Boom. That's and then it sort of fits in. And then it, the self-journal to me makes sense then. But up until that point when I signed up for the competition, I was just thinking, yeah, I'm not really going after a 13-week goal of getting up every morning and doing this and having my morning no. routine. That's something I'm doing as a habit or a system. Make sense? It does. You're dead right. Yeah. You, you pause, pause, you, pause you for a minute because I'm going to have to take a, uh, take a break. All right. Quick natural. I'll right. pause it. Yeah, me back too. I'll take back it. In a minute. All right, all right, all right. Right. We're, back We're back in the game. Needed that. Too you? much. Too much coffee. Chameleons. Oh. I'm, yeah. I'm still hyper. So yeah, <laughs> you you dead you you dead right about the so there's a book called uh, The Power of Habit. Charles Duhigg or something. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but that guy. So what what you're doing is is essentially what he's you need to like build if you've got a longer term goal in mind you need to like build build habits that become autonomous that you're not actually so that you're not like actively like pursuing that goal because no one has the mind space to keep doing that the whole time exactly um so if you build all the willpower right yeah it's you want to avoid willpower actually you know so it's like just just building small habits so that's kind of what so using that self-journal for even the two weeks that I used it got me back in the habit of sitting down each day and writing it down. And that's kind of like, I need to just kind of check in once in a while. Another way of looking at it is the same as if you ever, ever use my fitness pal. Yeah. You kind of use it for a couple of weeks and you get into the habit of address of like looking at what you're eating and, and then you probably don't need to do it every single day. You kind of build the skill of knowing how much you're eating and what your portion size is yeah. And how many meals a day should we have? Rather than actually putting every weighing every meal and every ingredient, yeah, uh, and you become better at it, and it'll it'll see you in good stead for like a maybe a two three month period, and then maybe you need to come back and look at it again. But it's not something you need to fill in every single day, and it never will be. Well, funny, funny enough, you mentioned that. That's that's one of the apps that I downloaded in my preparation now for the competition. My fitness pal. Yeah, we'll see, see how it goes. See how that goes, and see see if I'm right. Like I think. What you'll find is if you, if you commit to it for like a two, three-week period, you'll very quickly realize that you, you build the habit of you'll, go, you'll, you'll start to go back to the same foods because you know how, much, how, much you, how many calories are in each chicken breast and you'll just buy chicken breasts because you don't need to weigh out the portion of meat and work out how many calories are. You just know that a chicken breast is 200 calories. Yeah. It, it becomes easier for you to manage. Yeah. Makes sense. It does. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm gonna see how it goes. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going until the competition, and then I'll uh, I won't buy another one. I think it was a nice it was a nice exercise because I think like you, I was doing. I, it was good to go back to like oh yeah, write things down and be a bit more focused on certain aspects. So I think for that right. it served the purpose, and also to be honest, it also probably made me think a bit harder. Like oh yeah, you know. If I want to go and enter a jujitsu competition, why am I waiting, or why would I not enter now and prepare for it? Why would I just mm-hmm. wait and then enter the week before, and then I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm too heavy, so I'll go in the open weight class and then get fucked." <laughs> because yeah. that's that's what'll happen. So I've I have to drop because they weigh you in the gi, so I have to drop uh, under a hundred, and the gi is. Say the gi is three kilos, so I have to get to like probably ninety six to be safe. Yeah. So it's it's not impossible. Whoa, so it's with the gi. Yeah. So there you go. There's you put. There's your innovation available for uh, gis. They need to make, make gis lighter so people can come in heavier. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. But they the gis need to be. The gis need to be made of a certain material. Yeah, I was just thinking. I think they do because there's competition rules on how the gi looks. There's even competition rules on where you are allowed to put like badges and stuff. Right. Quite picky. Anyway. I need to. I need to read the rule book because did I tell you about my? Well, I've only done one competition so far, but I did, did I tell you about it? <laughs> no. Uh, so, well, first of all, like. I drove, because it was in North Holland, and it's like a four-hour drive, and I drove there on my own. I met the, yeah. team, met the team up there, because they're like, oh, we're going to go up a couple of days before and stay with someone. I was like, yeah, no chance. I'm not a student. I'm not going to sleep <laughs> on someone's floor. So I'll, I'll meet you up there. And then yeah. I, th- I think they thought, oh, no, he ain't coming, he ain't coming. Anyway, I rocked up. Um, and it's mad. It's like, I, I had no idea what to expect, to be honest, because it's, I'd never been to one. I'd never even been to like any karate tournaments or anything like that. So I was like, I'll just, but you get there and there's immediately this atmosphere of like energy, which is a good thing. And then there's a bunch of Brazilians there in the middle of Northern Holland, like shouting out like various Brazilian words. They're serving like acai bowls, you know, that like Brazilian berry shit. Mm. And uh, basically people are throwing up their set and representing their schools and you know like I, like and then I see I look left and I see like the the nurse's room and there's a girl in there who's like obviously dislocated her shoulder or something so all this within oh minutes God. so anxiety kicked in of course um <clears throat> anyway so I had a, I had my first first fight lost got smashed whatever had my second fight um and uh, this guy was doing something and he was doing something to my foot anyway I was like so, this is this is because I didn't read the rule book. I said to the ref, I said, "What's he doing?" Because the ref goes, "Oh, he's doing a straight uh, a straight angle lock. That's allowed." I was like, "All right, okay, cool." Um, so then I got out of it and did whatever, right? But I want to know if uh, I don't know what's allowed and what's not. Like, yeah, one foot lock's allowed, but another one isn't. Because he he was doing this thing, and I was. Like it was hurting, and I was like, I don't know if that, like, what's he doing? So I said to the ref, what's he doing? And he goes, that's allowed. But then, like, within five seconds, he said, hey, that's not allowed. And to me, he hadn't, done, he hadn't done anything different. But apparently, he'd, like, changed the angle that he was pulling it. 
And I think he pulled it to the side, which is more dangerous rather than straight. Anyway. Oh, my God. I think they've banned double legs. Um, I don't think you're allowed to do a double leg anymore, which I've been practicing. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I think if I've got a good chance of beating anybody, it's to catch them by the element of surprise and rugby tackle them. Right? Just go straight in, rugby tackle them, put them down and go to work. Because... You also in jiu-jitsu competitions, right? You don't know who you're coming up against. And this person could have a judo background and you could be flying yeah. through the air and all types of things. So I want to take any of that out and just rugby tackle them. If they get me, they get me, whatever. But at least I've preempted any like weird judo shit that they might do. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, you sent me the... Um... No, so it was that guy, the MMA guy that got, like, a uh, knee in the head and his, cave, his, his head caved in. Uh, uh, cyborg. I think his name is, yeah. yeah, I saw that, and I was like, that's it. I'm never doing any martial arts. Like, it's just not worth it. Like, well, that's, that's put you off martial arts full stop. F- full stop, because, like, no, people, that's the, it's the, inherent, the inherent risk, which is unavoidable. Like, you, it's kind of, kind of so, right. I'd always wanted to do a skydive, did it once, and then now I don't see the need to do it again. Yeah. Because there's the inherent risk that you could die. Like, it's, like, just always there. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's, with, with martial arts, there's somebody is aiming to hit your head or, or break something, and no, even if they're, the, you know, this fail-safe is there that people should tap or people should be able to do, shouldn't be able to do so, or make, do so much damage, there's a chance that it could always happen. I don't think the risk's worth it. Yeah. The risk-reward. Fair enough. When you're at a real beginner's level, then it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but seeing that guy get kneed in the head, like pretty innocuously, it happens a lot. And then it's just like goes straight through your skull. I was like, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I think that's. Well, that frightened me a little bit. Yeah. Same yeah, with yeah. It frightened, like, I would frightened have a. <laughs> yeah. And that guy's an expert. Like he, he's no, he knows how to try and avoid it. Yeah. But he was dealing with a rare human being. Like there, there was a series of events that led to that that moment. I don't think, I think that moment is horrendous, but it shouldn't be taken into out of context. It is what it is in that moment. I think because that guy who need him is like the lethal weapon on the planet at the moment in terms of mixed martial arts. Is he? He's one of them. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know that. Like he's destroyed people. Like he's the type that like does a roundhouse kick and then knows that the guy's gone and doesn't even bother looking and just like poses and looks out. He's that wow. type of guy. But he knows he's got power. Uh, and I just think it was yeah, unfortunate. But anyway, the guy's all right. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough about jujitsu competitions because otherwise I'll probably talk myself out of it. <laughs> so how did it go with... Uh, uh, you, you had... You met up with Mark, right? Who? And did a... With... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to use his name. <laughs> with Mark. You rolled with Mark. Yeah. A colleague. Yeah, I was thinking of... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was class. Because uh, he, he meant... That was long wait. Yeah, he mentored me, right, when, a few years ago when he was living in Europe. Helped me, like get to a certain level and whatever. And then I always stayed in touch with him. 
And I said to him whilst I was between his legs that I never, I never, I never imagined the moment that I'd be this close to Mark, <laughs> just like uh, very, very, very close, which is, I think at the beginning, very strange. And then you quickly get over it, but it was class. It was really good to roll with him. <clears throat> so I think he's been doing it for six weeks. Well, I'm going to have to put a question mark next to that. <laughs> he's, uh, better than you thought. Yeah, he's a bit better than I thought he'd be. Apparently, he trains like four times a week, though, and takes privates. So, I'm training twice a week. You know, he, in six months, he's going to do what I can do in a year. Scary. I did actually say to him that this was my only window of time that I'd actually like to roll with him. Because in a couple of months, I'm not going to want to roll with him. No. Because he'd be too good. I think he, because I think he's got a rugby background, so he has. Yeah, um, he knows how to distribute his body weight and use his weight well. Um, and then in jujitsu, I, I have got no idea. I, I what do you call? You said I used to run upright, and if there's an equivalent term to being on the mat upright, that's me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he basically... Yeah, you, when you run with a rugby ball, you're, both, you're, you're running like Michael Johnson ran the 400. <laughs> that's because... It's, like, it's, it's like you're just going to take... It, no one with any... You wouldn't need any particular power to kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was very obvious as soon as you started running. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, anyway. Welsh lines, though. They got me out of trouble. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, he smashed me, basically. <laughs> he just, like... He he went from zero to a hundred real quick. Um, did you have did you did you win any like small battles there at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so right. like I, I'm sure he has his own you know take on the story, and I, I have mine. Um, but we rolled for like 15 minutes because it was open mat, so there was no formal class. So we just rocked up. We and he goes, "Oh, let's just roll 50 percent." I was like, "All right," and then you know, like you know 50% turns into 75 and then it just goes to 100 like in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, it just, that's the way it is, right? Like he knows me, I know him. We've been, we've been like talking about it for a while. Of course it's going to end up at that. So we ended up rolling for about 15 minutes, I think, or maybe longer, which is, feels like eternity. Right. Um, picture doing thrusters for 15 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's, no. what it, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then what I normally do is like lay back and find out what type of play they want. You know, what do they do? What what, what type of movement have they got? What what are they looking for? Are they looking for an arm? Are they looking for a choke? And then I then I survive and work on an escape, and then I try and play my game. Um, but he he got like I I didn't let him get it, but. I didn't resist either. He got side control and then he got my head and then he took my back and I was, I was just thinking, ah, shit. It's just like, I fucked up because I, I ain't getting out of this because he's strong as well. Um, yeah. So I spent about seven minutes with him on my back, just like trying to break my neck. Jeez. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty intense. And then anytime he was on top of me, he'd be driving his elbows in my cheek and stuff and like dirty tactics, which is fine because you know it's acceptable. I I tolerate it, but uh, it was intense. And then we uh, so we rolled there, and then we rolled we rolled in the gi. I lent him my gi. 
we rolled on the Sunday in the gi and then on the Tuesday, no gi in work because we've got mats in work. And, uh, awesome. That was class. And in, I think in gi, I was able to control him and sweep him and like do different things to him that I'm like, I know how to do. I have the, I have the vocabulary, but as soon yep. as you take the gi off, and this is something that I am slightly anxious about and I need to sort out. As soon as you take the gi off, that vocabulary becomes like broken Spanish then. I don't know I don't know how to complete the sentence anymore. So I'm like, oh, I think I grab this, I think I do this. And I like it's it's remarkable how much of a difference that made because he he pretty much dominated me in no gi then. I can imagine. Yeah. So I need to I need I'm, to, I have that to try it out. I have to I have to give it a go at some point. Bro, you know I'm waiting for you to do it. I know. I'm just I've just stuck to I'm committing to my long term like you know, just gonna keep doing the CrossFit. Keep see how that goes. Like I, at the moment, I've got like a little dilemma where there's a there's a CrossFit competition in in Seattle which you have to uh, qualify for. So I'm going to do the qualifiers for that. Uh, if I don't qualify, which I probably won't, because they've got different levels. They've got like an elite level, but then they've got an RX level, which is like punters like me that can just have a go. So you get to compete. Right. So if I can get in, there's like 75 places there. If I happen to get one of those, that'll be nice because I've never actually had like a proper competition. That'll be good. Like. The Open's the nearest I've got to a competition. So I'd, like to, I'd like to go and do that. And with it being Seattle, Seattle's only a three-hour drive, so that'd be fun. Yeah. But if I don't get either of those, the same weekend, the same same uh, competition, like larger competition, they've got a strongman comp oh, as well. Yeah. It's got like a 230-pound two, weight class. So it's like perfect weight class for me. Um, the, the lifts are like doable. So if I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to apply for – it's $75 entry, so they'll, they'll be – It'll not be Joker's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the CrossFit, the CrossFit version that's happening at the same time. Uh, so it's called Cascade Classic, right? So you can look it up. It's got um, like a CrossFit comp, a weightlifting comp, a powerlifting comp, and a strongman comp, all the same weekend. Right. But you have to qualify for the CrossFit. So I'm going to have a stab over the next couple of weeks of qualifying for the CrossFit. If I don't, then I still have enough time leading up to September to actually switch my training to strongman. Get a few strongman Saturdays in, leading up to that, so I can, you know, I know what the events are. It's, it's stone at two hundred, sort of stone at sixty seconds uh, loading of a stone at one hundred and thirty kilos. Oh, so bro, I might that, get like if that's, I, if that's I, no joke. What, what we we did like one ten. I know we did like one ten. Was it? Yeah, and one thirty. That was no belt. No yeah. belt. Yeah, one thirty stone. Know. Ugh. That that's yes. that 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 ain't easy. Okay. No, it's it's not, but it's but I, I you know it's, I think that's something I could train to and get to. I think yes. it's, you know, even if I get one, I don't care. I've competed in a strongman and I've got one. So yeah, yeah. I'd like to go through the events and be able to at least complete a rep of each one. Yeah. Um. So the, uh, the then there's like a deadlift because it's technique. Then, It'll be technique more than anything with the stone. So yeah, you could get that. Yeah. Um. There's a deadlift medley, which worries me a little bit. I think the, the third bar is too heavy for me. But it's, um, it'll be straps in a strongman comp, so don't worry about it. Yeah, and hopefully a proper deadlift bar. But well, Yeah, so I, I think maybe on the day, maybe I can do that. I don't know. The, the, the log press is like a 10 or 12-inch log at 105 kilos. Oh, that's bread and butter to you, bro. Yeah, so that's the one that I think I can actually do, and I think now that I've actually like got a push press as well, I think I could actually do big, pretty well on that. Big Z, 
<laughs> yeah, it's the first event, so people might think, oh, God, this other guy's actually quite good, and then I'll be shit at everything else. <laughs> uh, I think there's like a um, 100 kilo sandbag carry, Ugh. 80, 80 foot. Vomitsville. So, like, if theoretically, I could pick that up. And I think if I can pick the thing up, I'd probably be quite fast across the ground. And yeah. I'm fit. I'm fit. So, yeah. compared to most, uh, like, I might be able to move quite fast if I can pick it up. Um, so it sounds good. I might fun. fly out for it. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the deadlift and the stone that worries me. But the, that's, that's the sub 230. So, I need to make sure I come under 230 as well. That's the other problem. <laughs> Where are you sitting now? Um, uh, 100. I mean, in kilos, I'm like 103, 104 kilos. Dang, bro, me too. We we should yeah, definitely we should definitely roll. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that, but that's the thing. Like, I, I I saying like, oh, this sounds good. I want to try it. But then at the same time, I shouldn't be spending that time working on my strongman when I really my goal is the open next year in CrossFit. Yeah. It's count, but it, I, I'm 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 telling myself it's it's. It's not the two goals aren't exclusive. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. The kind of one will help the other theoretically. Like my deadlift should go up, my strength should go up. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and I, I think if you're training, if you want to do something at a strongman comp, being well versed in log press, stones, and sandbags is never a bad thing, probably. Because who no, knows? And who knows if they come up, and then you'll have the technique. But if they don't come up. You'll have this other type of strength, which is a carry right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, if that is your goal, I wouldn't do jujitsu because you'll. No, that's. I think that's. If I get to thirty-five years old and I'm, I'm still shit, then I'll just. I'll try something else. Like, okay. Maybe just take a step back off doing five sessions a week in CrossFit and maybe just pick up two more. Yeah. You know, jujitsu. But... I'm not, I'm not competing though because I don't want to get my skull caved in. Or the or the or the equivalent in jujitsu terms. Yeah, a broken my, a broken limb, snapped up or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll be here waiting in like fifty geese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we uh, wrap it up? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, man. We finally, uh, I think we hit our target of. Like averaging out of one a month, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, one Just a month. About. Yeah, we've we've smashed. We've PB. We've PB the August already. Yes. So, uh, all right. Any shout outs? Um. Uh, yeah, no, not this time. I'll have a think. I had some written. I'd, I had t- space to write them down last time, but I've forgotten them now. Ooh. I could shout out to Warrior Program. I'll call Warrior Program our sponsor. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Build Up North Apparel that's another one alright sponsoring us without knowing uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shout out to your brother yeah get a head coaching yeah we gotta I, get him on get him, get him on and find out his, how his seminar went with uh, back in the UK um, definitely dude's gone deep and, uh, we also need to and we could, go on I was going to say we've got a couple of people who want to be want to guest. The, the the podcast audience is growing, and there's people that want to guest on the show. So we'll oh really get some new guests in. Yeah, it'll be okay. good. Fun times. I don't. I'm not going to do shout outs anymore because I'm a grown man. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you've got any questions for us or, you know, you think, think we're rubbish or you think we're good, get in touch. No one mans, the, no one mans the podcasting bro Twitter handle anymore because we've forgotten the password. Um, Just WhatsApp us because you know us anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we will say goodbye. All right, man. Have a good Take one. it easy. Good speaking hats. See ya. Ciao, ciao.